Amen. Good to see everybody here this morning. Uh, if, you if you're not with us or first time with us, you haven't been with us, and two ways you can listen. You can have your windows down and you can listen through the sound system, but I also remind you, you can turn to 87.9 on your FM dial, 87.9, and uh, you can listen there on your radio, kind of one or the other. There's just a, there's a slight half-second delay, I guess, between the two, so you kind of need to pick one. But but anyway, glad you're here. Looking forward to a great day today. Uh, it's my privilege. We have uh, Larry Davis and friends. You guys all know them. I don't need to introduce them. They're going to sing for us. We'll have a mini gospel concert. And then, then when they're done singing, my friend and uh, a good friend in the ministry, Harold Vaughn, is going to come up and preach for us. And I'm excited about having Brother Vaughn with us today. And so if you're excited to be in drive-in church this morning, give me a Give me an amen before we get going. Right. Amen. Amen. How, if you're excited again amen. to be a drive-in church, give me a give me a hallelujah this morning. Now, that's the lights on. That's lights on and off. Hallelujahs are lights on and off. And make sure you turn them off, all right? And then uh, then amens are the honking of the hordes. And again, excited about what God's going to do. Let's pray and let's ask God to meet with us. Father, what a privilege it is to assemble together, Lord, in unique ways in these days. Lord, thank you for each and every person that came out today. And I just pray. Lord, for the next little bit that you just bless the singing, Lord, that your name would be lifted up high and, and Father, glorified, and you'd use these, these singers and musicians to glorify yourself this morning. We just have a good time, Lord, in the house of the Lord today. And, Lord, for Brother Vaughn, I just pray for him as he comes to preach in a little bit, Lord. You'd, you'd just feel him, Lord, from the, the tip of his toes, Lord, to the, the top of his head with the Holy Spirit of God. You'd use him, you'd anoint him, Lord, and you'd, you'd let him preach like he's never preached before, Lord. We stand in need of a fresh touch of you today. Thank you again, Lord, for your, your grace of, uh, uh, upon us, Lord. Thank you for salvation freely given by grace. Thank you for your Lord, for the Lord Jesus Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection, and makes eternal life possible for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Bless now our service to the glory of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
kid. We had to thank God for duct tape. We had to duct tape everything down this morning. And might have to get Teddy over here to hold me down and keep me from blowing away. Anyway, it's good to be here. Uh, finally, uh, we were going to do this back in April, April the 5th, and uh, one of us came down with the sniffles, and of course that was about the time the corona was getting really full-blown, and you're afraid to get around anybody that had a runny nose, and so we figured it'd be best if we just canceled and waited, and uh, so everything went well. The runny nose, we got over it, and everybody's healthy, blessed.
song that uh, uh, just listen, listen to the words. Uh, I mean, it, it's just uh, just a beautiful song.
clothespins, stick pins, <laughs> duct tape, uh, and tape. If all else fails, heat shelters from the wind. Thank the preacher for spending a lot of time up here yesterday afternoon. We were trying to get all it, all of us, uh, all our stuff set and working together with his. And uh, I think we've about got it figured out, though. We're, we're just going to plug into him next time. We ain't got to worry about our stuff. And so, kind of simplify things, son, and uh, bring an extra roll of duct tape with us. But we'll be all right.
Thank y'all so much. All righty. Revelation chapter 21, John said, I saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven. The city had no need of the sun or moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb was the light. Tour in that city.
that guides me through this is weary land and some sweet
is uh, Matthew 7, verse 12. It says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And uh, if we do that, we'll have a, we'll have a happy life. We go. So. We need our spirit-filled
Test, test, there we go. Well, all right, good again. Thank you so much for the good singing. If you enjoyed that this morning, give me a good amens all over the place. Amen. I tell you, it's a, it's a lot tougher than you think with this wind blowing to preach and, and to sing and papers blow everywhere and it, it'll distract you, but it's a lot of fun too. Speaking of fun, my friend, uh, uh, evangelist Harold Vaughn is here. His wife, Miss Debbie's here. Appreciate them both coming down, traveling down. Uh, uh, he called a couple weeks ago to check on me. He, somebody had posted on uh, on on that internet.com thing. I don't know if it's on Facebook or somewhere, but actually our, our friend Ben Burks had posted to pray for me in particular. He had linked me in on it. Said I had double pneumonia and had the corona, I guess. And uh, it was actually Dr. Mike Wells from Texas. We actually get confused a lot. I get his emails every once in a while. People just email me and vice versa. And we got to meet a couple years ago and, uh, and talked about some of that. But, but anyway, it was another person that, uh, that, another Mike Wells that was a preacher that, that had double pneumonia and he's healed. So we're thankful for that. But, but, but you know, you know, a good friend is, is somebody's going to call you up to make sure you're all right. And uh, that's what my friend did. He called me up and said, you know, I read something and I, I didn't think it was true because I keep seeing videos of you preaching and all that. And like, man, he's for somebody with double pneumonia, he's preaching an awful lot. And, uh, and uh, of course, it wasn't true. But I'm thankful for my friend. I'm thankful for friends in the ministry. There's a it's kind of sometimes hard to find, isn't it, brother? Somebody will stick with you uh, through thick and thin. And he's one of those. And boy. Uh, anointed preacher, uh, and uh, I'm thankful for evangelists. I'm thankful for what they do. It's a calling of God, I believe, and uh, and I need you to think about this for a moment. I really want you to pray for all the evangelists out there. I mean, this these times are hard on everybody. We understand that they're very hard on everybody. But think about if you lived week by week by faith, to just wherever the Lord's going to open up a door for you to preach next week, and then all of a sudden all the doors to go preach are closed. And have you thought about that? And uh, that's kind of where we are. I shared with Brother Harold what we were doing, having some drive-in church, and I said, it's kind of a lot of fun down here to preach. And he said, that sounds like a lot of fun. I said, well, come on, have fun with us. So, so I'm glad my brother's here for you. Harold Vaughn, come on up and preach to our hearts this morning. Boy, I like, uh, I like this. It's the only time when you can come out and get a suntan while you're going to church if you want to sit on the back of the truck. But uh, it's great, great to be here. While they were up here trying to fight the wind, I thought they ought to be singing I'll Fly Away. I thought that might be appropriate under these circumstances. But I appreciate, I appreciate Victory Way Baptist Church. I appreciate your pastor very much. I did hear he was sick, so I was concerned about him and so glad to find out he is A-OK. -okay. How many are thankful that one of these days, we ain't going to have to do like this right here? How many are thankful that one of these days, it's going to get better, it's going to get better, and we're, we're on the way up. But I'm thankful for the testimony of your church and the uh, efforts to minister under these circumstances. Now, on the day you were born, on the day you were born, everybody was smiling, but you were crying. On the day you got born, everybody else was smiling, but you were crying. You need to live your life in such a way that on the day that you die, everybody's crying, but you're smiling. Amen. And I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about your assignment. I want to talk to you about your appointment. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about your assessment. Now, every human being is born with an assignment. 
I mean, you were created by your creator. You're not the product of time. You're not the product of chance. You're not the product of evolution. You were created with an assignment. Now, somebody said everybody's going to be remembered for one of two things. You're going to be remembered for one of two things. Either the problems you solved or the problems you caused. And you want to be remembered for the problems that you solved. I'm here to tell you that you were put here with a purpose, and your purpose is to solve a problem. Now, carpenters solve uh, building problems. Mechanics solve uh, mechanical problems. That's why they love uh, your pastor, because he has a Ford automobile, and it keeps him busy all the time uh, trying to get that thing sorted out. But, uh, you know, doc doctors solve medical problems. Uh, mothers solve emotional problems. Fathers solve leadership problems. Pastors solve uh, spiritual problems. You are here, you're created, you're gifted to solve a problem. Now, uh, your assignment is always to a person or to a group of people. Your assignment will always be to a person or a group of people. In Jeremiah, God said to the prophet, he said, before you were born, when you were in your mother's womb, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, in Acts chapter 13, God said, Separate me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. They had a specific assignment. Now, listen, you don't decide your assignment. You do not decide your assignment. You discover your assignment. You don't decide your assignment. You don't determine your assignment. You discern your assignment, and it's your responsibility to figure out why you were put here on the planet. Now, your assignment is specific. Your, your assignment is unique. Your assignment is geographical. And I'll give you a, a couple of clues on how to determine uh, why you're here. What makes you laugh? What brings you joy? What makes you cry? These are clues to your assignment. What makes you angry? What do you love to talk about? What do you love to think about? If everybody made $10 an hour, and that might be a reality before it's all over here, but if everybody made $10 an hour, uh, what would you rather be doing? You need to figure out what you enjoy, what you're good at, what you have the capacity to do. And I want to say this, that we all have a general assignment, and it's very, very simple. Jesus said we're to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That is our assignment. But let me talk to you a second about this matter of the appointment. Not only do you have an assignment, you have an appointment. Because it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. There's an appointment. It's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Now, death is one appointment we're all going to keep. It's appointed unto man once to die. Do you realize that uh, every human being is born with an expiration date? We were talking the other day. I had a lady call me up from Karelian Clinic. She was a physician's assistant. And she began to lecture me on safety. I guess she thought I was an old person. And she wanted to lecture me on how to keep safe. And then she told me, you need to be wearing a mask. I said, well, I'm not the lone ring. I'm not going to wear a mask. And then she went on and on. And I said, well, ma'am, can you tell me how many people have died in the Roanoke Valley because of or with COVID-19? And she said, two. I said, really? 
I said, well, I'm going to give us pretty good odds of surviving this situation. What do you think? And she went on to lecture me a little bit more. But the fact of the matter is, uh, some people will die from COVID-19. Some people will die from pneumonia. Some people will die from flu. We're all going to die from something. We all come with an expiration date. It's appointed on demand once to die. And you know, in a situation like this, this is a good time to consider our immortality and understand we do have an appointment uh, with death. Now, somebody said that death is the most democratic institution on the planet. Death is the most democratic institution on the planet. So far, the ratio is one death per person. Do you understand that worldwide, 131 million people got born last year? 131 people were born. 53 million people died last year. 6,300 people die every hour. Death is the ultimate fact of life. And I want to tell you that death is not a mystery. It's a certainty. It's appointed unto man once to die. Now, physical death is when the soul is separated from the body. Physical death. When you die, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody die. I've had the experience of watching people draw their last breath. Uh, it's, you know, when, when a person dies, their soul is then separated from their body. That's physical death. But spiritual death is when the soul is separated from God for all eternity. Heaven is where saved people are united with God forever. You know something? Uh, some people are Japanese. Some people are Lebanese. But thank God we're heavenies. Amen. That's our, that's our citizenship is in heaven. And I'm just here to tell you that to be absent from the body, Paul said for Christians, is to be present with the Lord. You know every exit is an entrance. Every exit is an entrance. We were coming up 81. And it wasn't crowded this morning. That was an improvement. And we're coming up the highway. And then we had to get off there at that exit on Highway 100. You know, every exit is an entrance. And brother, when a Christian leaves earth, he enters heaven. But when unsaved people leave earth, the Bible says they enter a place called hell. You know, heaven is where saved people are united with God forever. But hell is where unsaved people are separated from God forever. There's over 7 billion people on the planet. Can you believe that? 7 billion people, and we all have an appointment. So we have an appointment. We have an assignment. But listen to this. Every human being will undergo an assessment. Every human being will undergo an assessment. Because the text says that it's appointed a demand once to die, but after this, the judgment. After this, the judgment. Now, there's a day of reckoning coming. There's a day of assessment that's going to take place. Life is brief. Death is unavoidable. Judgment is certain. But listen, dear friend. Oh, oh, we're all going to undergo an assessment. Now look, the government may not hold people accountable. Uh, some parents may not hold their children accountable. Some churches may not hold their members accountable, but the truth is God holds us all accountable. After this, after this, the scripture says, comes the judgment. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ 
We must all appear after we die before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of the things that we have done in the body according to what we've done, whether it be good or whether it will be bad. That's a sobering thought. You know what we're doing? We're packing up. I've been packing up for 63 years. Brother Mike, how long have you been packing, packing up? 48. 48 years. Uh, look at that hair color on that man right there. I'm telling you, he's got it right. Mine used to be darker than that. But uh, uh, he's been packing up. You've been packing up. Hey, we all been packing up. And one of these days, we're going to unpack what we packed at the judgment seat of Christ. And we will undergo uh, an assessment. Now, our deeds will be unpacked. Daniel Webster wrote the uh, dictionary. You know what he said? He said, the most sobering thought I have ever had, the most sobering thought I have ever had is that of my personal accountability to God. Ooh. The most sobering thought I have ever had is that of my personal accountability to God. Do you understand that uh, we can lay up treasure in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt? I'm telling you. Uh, some people are going to suffer loss, but some people are going to receive incredible rewards. And now is such a season where we can be laying up treasure in heaven. Now, the Bible says, Jesus said that even a cup of cold water given in Jesus' name would receive an award. If you ever come to a prayer advance, you're going to get a bottle of water coming in the door. And you're probably going to get a bottle of water going out the door. And the reason is because Jesus said that even a cup of cold water given in his name is recognized in heaven. So, brother, if we have a thousand people at a prayer advance, I can rack up 2,000 rewards by giving them a seven cent a bottle of water. I'm just telling you, you don't have to do a whole lot. You can do something. You can do anything. And when you do something, it gets heaven's attention. Now, you know, there's some people right now uh, in your community, they've lost their jobs. They've lost their jobs. And I'm just telling you, if you've got a little treasure, you could scout out through the Spirit of God on where to invest and do a little sowing into somebody's heart and somebody's home and somebody's life. I believe that now is the time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine forth like it's never shined forth before. People are concerned. People are confused. People are scared to death. I was talking to a reporter from Channel 7. She was down at the market. I rolled into my, 19, my father's 1950 Chevrolet pickup, had on a straw hat. I think I had a broom straw hanging out of my mouth. And I walked up there to get a tomato. And I said to her, I said, hey, would you like to interview me? She said, what about? Uh, interview me on my opinion of the lockdown. And she didn't take it. And she went on to tell me how that people were dying. And I said, the, I said, the problem with you is you listen to the news too much. She was from Channel 7. And, uh, brother, I'm just here to tell you that, that uh, you know, people are confused and they're, and they're concerned. But you know something? Brother, we can sow some good seed, amen? We can help somebody. We can encourage somebody. We can pray with somebody. We can minister to somebody. We can call somebody if we hear they're having a bad time or they're sick or they're ill. We can check up on somebody. What are we doing? We're packing up, brother. We're laying up some treasure. We're packing up some, some treasure for the other side. Now, look, as humans, we're all accountable to our Creator. There's an account we must give. And uh, there's a stewardship uh, element to the Christian life. Despite what some teachers tell us, there is a stewardship. Now, Jesus said that every idle word 
will be given account on the day of judgment. Now that scares me to death because I run my mouth all the time and, and every idle word, oh God, every idle word is going to be given an account thereof. So instead of some idle words, how about some encouraging words? How about doing something to bless somebody? We're all accountable. We're all accountable for what we do with God's son. I want to tell you this morning that death is not the end. It's merely the beginning. Death is not the end. It's only the beginning. Bob Jones said the wise man will prepare for the inevitable. The wise man will prepare for the inevitable. And I want to tell you something. It's inevitable, but what we all will stand before God one day. Now, look, you had no choice in your birth. You didn't have anything to do with it. I'm just here to tell you. I, my father was 46 when I was born. How I many know some of the best things in life are unanticipated? Well, honk your horn on that point right there. Amen. I mean, just, yeah, praise God. I mean, look at this. So, so uh, you know, you had no choice in your birth, but I'll hear, I'm here to tell you, you've got a choice to be born again. You know, somebody said Jesus paid a price he didn't owe because we had a debt we could not pay. And I believe we need more preaching that brings eternity to bear upon time. Now, look, we're sinners by birth. Or we're sinners by practice. We're sinners by choice. And Jesus said because of that, you've got to have a new birth. You've got to be born from above. So every person has, has an assignment. Every person has an appointment with death. Every person will undergo an assessment when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But here's the time right now for a realignment. For a realignment. And I'm telling you, that's our responsibility. Let me give you an announcement here this morning. Um, everybody's complaining about this and complaining about that. There's plenty, there's plenty to complain about if you want to. But can I just tell you, we're not home yet. Amen. I said, we're not home yet. And here in America, we have enjoyed unparalleled freedoms, freedoms because of the founding principles of Christianity. Now, those are going away, and they're going away quickly. I'm, I'm not telling you that to discourage you. I'm here to tell you that uh, we're not home yet. Amen. We're heavenese. We belong to another country. We're citizens somewhere else. We're living here, but, buddy, our citizenship is in heaven. You better get that straight in your heart, or you're going to have to go on some medications uh, to overcome your stomach problems and your nerves can I give you three irrefutable facts here this morning three irrefutable facts number one you have an assignment you have an assignment but pastor pastor Wells we you have an assignment I have an assignment every person in this car your car you have an assignment and brother you would better get busy doing what God has created you to do and equipped you to do you you are you are genetically perfect for your assignment you have the proper equipment for your assignment. And I'm telling you, when you fulfill your assignment, you glorify God and you help people. And God wants us to be busy about our assignment. Second, we have an appointment. Third, we're going to undergo an assessment. But this alignment or realignment is our responsibility. You know what the greatest, greatest opportunity in life is? The greatest opportunity in life is the opportunity to repent. The greatest opportunity in life is the opportunity to adjust your thinking and start thinking right. You know, I'm an expert in sinning 
So I had to become an expert in repentance. And repentance is an initial turning that has lifelong implications. Repentance is not a one-time act. Repentance is an initial turning to God from sin that has lifelong implications. And the way you know that you repented in the first place is you spend the rest of your life turning back to God over and over because we're so prone to wander. We're so prone to drift off. We're so prone... Does anybody here have an attention deficit disorder worse than me? I, I mean, I can get distracted just about by anything. But I mean, and that's why repentance is necessary. We have to keep turning back to the Lord. Remember blind Bartimaeus? I mean, this guy couldn't see a lick. And there was something sh stirring in the community when Jesus was coming through. He knew something was up. And the Bible tells us that... Uh, he sensed something was happening, so he cried out with a loud voice, and he said, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon me. And you know what the crowd told him to do? Shut up, keep quiet, calm down, don't make a spectacle out of yourself. I, I want to tell you something. Brother, sick people are not worried about being dignified if there's a chance they might get healed. And rather than shutting up, he just kept on shouting out the louder, have mercy on me. And Jesus called him. Jesus recognized him. Isn't it a blessing when Jesus calls you? And he said, what would you have me do? And he said that I might receive my sight. And Jesus restored this guy's sight. Can I tell you something? Uh, he had a need. He had a desire to get better. And I want to tell you something, that pursuit is the evidence of desire. Pursuit is the evidence of desire. And when you've got a desire to know God and know God better, you're going you're gonna to pursue the Lord. When you have a desire to be saved, brother, you're going to call out to the Lord like Bartimaeus. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Sick her whole life, spent all her uh, living on physicians and was none the better. And the Bible tells us that uh, Jesus was passing through. There was a great crowd of people following him down the street. And... Uh, and this woman, this sick, frail woman, she elbowed her way through that crowd. I'm telling you, she, 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 she fought her way through that press. And she said in her heart, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, she said, I know I will be made well. And brother, she got close enough. She reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And brother, virtue went out of Jesus. It went into her. And she knew in her heart that something had happened. She knew in her heart that she was healed. And, and Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And she was afraid to admit it. But, uh, you know, Jesus commended her for her pressing in and said, your faith has made you whole. And I want to tell you something. Uh, if you're blind, if you're sin sick, uh, brother... You can press on into Jesus and you don't have to worry about being dignified or, or any other kind of thing. I was in a meeting one time in Michigan. There was a girl from Jamaica and uh, her, her, she was an orphan. She had been abused. She had had an abortion. I mean, she had had a horrible life. And she was in this refined, uh, I mean, know that northern people are, not, are, are more cultured than southern people. I mean, know that. I, I, that means they're quieter. They're qui they wouldn't blow their horn at a drive-in service up there, brother, I'm telling you. So go ahead and blow your horn one time, amen. Just, uh, yeah. I wish somebody to get this on tape. I like to put this on Facebook. But uh, she was in this meeting. And uh, in the middle of the meeting, and, and I had them bow their head. And she just cried out loud. And she said, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Praise Amen. God. Amen. 
And, and sick people don't have to worry about being dignified. I'm just here to tell you, brother, that uh, we're all, we're all have an appointment. And brother, we're going to undergo an assessment, but we can choose to get realigned. Can I tell you something? It's up to you to, to discover your assignment. I know what my assignment is. My assignment, my assignment is to the hungry hearted, to the revival hearted, and to the broken hearted. That's my crowd. If I get around people that's hungry hearted, revival hearted, or broken guarded, brother, there's a connection going on. And I, you, you've got an assignment that's just as important as anybody else's. Well, the worst thing we ever did in independent Baptist churches is elevate the call to full-time Christian service. If you're born of God, you are called a full-time Christian service. Where did we get off that? I want to stand here. I want to say a prophesy a little bit here this morning. A Holy Ghost-filled plumber is just as important as a Holy Ghost-filled preacher. If you're called to work at Walmart, be the best employee you can. That's important. That's your assignment. And I'm here to tell you, we're all called to full-time Christian service. Not everybody makes their money off or their living from full-time Christian service and and a lot of people ain't going to be making no money nowhere. But, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you're called a full-time Christian service. And uh, let me get back to my notes here. Oh, yeah, because we got to realign ourselves. Now, listen to this. You're going to choose to lay up treasure in heaven or you're not. It's one or the other. You're going to choose to discover your assignment or you're not. And you will either choose to prepare for your appointment with death or you won't. But the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Now listen, the provision has been made. Hallelujah. The price has been paid, but the alignment lies to you. You say, well, what's the provision? God's provision is his son. God's provision is his son. He that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him listen to the prophet isaiah he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief we hid our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not listen to this surely christ has borne our griefs he's he's borne our griefs he's carried our sorrows Yet did we esteem him, esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, brother, that's the gospel. That Jesus absorbed our sins. He became sin. He suffered in our place. He bore the punishment that we deserved in his own body on the tree. He took our blame that we might have his forgiveness. Now, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28 reads like this. Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look unto him, Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation? Christ was offered to bear the sins of many. You know what that means? Jesus shed his blood for you. Jesus underwent the agonies of torment and God's righteous wrath and judgment on the cross for you. 
Jerry Falwell used to say that God loved you so much, if you were the only person on the planet, God still would have sent his son to die in your place. Wow, that's incredible. Tremendous. God loves you so much, it hurt. And I want to tell you that salvation and forgiveness is not the result of baptism. Salvation and forgiveness is not the consequence of living an upstanding life. Salvation and forgiveness is not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Salvation is the result of faith in the finished work of Jesus. It's a done deal. The price is paid. Hallelujah. God's satisfied with what his son has done, and he's satisfied we can be saved as well. Now listen to this. Um, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Uh, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now on Calvary, there were three crosses. On Calvary, there were three crosses. On one cross, there was a man that died in sin. On the second cross, there was a man that died from sin. But on that third cross, there was a man that died for sin. On that first cross, there was a, a man who died in sin. He was the unrepentant thief. He was unprepared for eternity. And he was mocking even the Son of God while he was on the cross. He died in sin. But on that second cross, there was that repentant thief who said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. He was, he was prepared. The first guy who died in sin was unprepared. But this man who died from sin, he had made preparation uh, for the inevitable. But on that third cross, there was a God-man that died for sin. Isn't that incredible? That God somehow uh, saw before we ever showed up the need that we would have and purposed in his redemptive heart uh, the, uh, the, the, the sacrifice for sin that would satisfy his holy wrath and his holy justness justice and there jesus died for you he shed his blood for you i'm telling you he paid the price for you you say well harold how does a person become a christian i'll tell you how to become a christian number one you got to perceive the truth you got to understand the truth now, don't sit around waiting for some sort of a some sort of a goosebump to hit the back of your neck brother you got to understand the truth that christ died in your place you got to comprehend this Second, not only do you perceive the truth, understand the truth, you got to believe the truth. You got to believe the truth. This is the work of God that you believe on me. You got to believe that <coughs> the blood of Jesus takes away the sins of the world. You know, I can't explain to you why I believe this, but when I heard this as a 15-year-old teenager sitting at a gospel movie, the guy got up there and said, God loves you. He said, Christ died for you. Man, I was moved to the depths of my heart. All I knew that I was a sinner. I didn't know anything. I grew up in a liberal church. I never heard anything like this. And he said, if you'll if you call on the name of the Lord and believe on Jesus, you can find forgiveness and peace with God. Amazing. And, and I can't tell you why, but brother, I called upon the name of the Lord. I believe that Jesus took away my sin. You've got to perceive the truth. Number two, you've got to believe the truth. But number three, you've got to receive the truth. You've got to receive the truth. 
Now, the demons believe and tremble, but they're, they're going to go to hell. They're in hell, and that's where they're bound for. But, brother, you got a choice here today, and I'm telling you, uh, as many as receive Christ, they gave, them gave you the right or the power to become the sons of God. What a blessing that the gateway is open uh, to eternity, <laughs> that whosoever will can come and turn to God and turn from his sin and turn to the Lord Jesus and receive Christ as Savior and be forgiven of all sin, past, present, and future, and can assure themselves of an eternity that their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the gospel, and that's really, really good news. So you've got to perceive the truth. You've got to understand that Christ died in your place. You gotta believe the truth that Jesus shed his blood for you. But most importantly here, you gotta receive Christ as your sacrifice, your substitute, and as your savior. Now friends, we all have an assignment. We're all here to glorify God. And, and, and there's other aspects of the assignment, but the ultimate assignment is to love God. We have an assignment, we have an appointment. It's appointed unto man once to die had a friend at a church down in Roanoke and he was the most gracious, kind, loving kind of guy. Well, his appointment came on Thursday and uh, he's in eternity. They're having his uh, memorial service today. That was his appointment. Friend, you have an appointment. I have an appointment. Listen to this. We're going to undergo an assessment. And that's why we better get busy about sowing the right kind of seed. We better get busy about laying up some treasure in heaven. We better get busy about doing what God's called us to do. I'm telling you, there's a day coming when there's going to be reward. There, not only is there going to be some losses, brother, there can be rewards. And that's why you can sow bountifully, plentifully. And brother, you just keep on sowing. I'm telling you, we're going to have an assessment. But listen, if you're not a child of God, are you going to have an assessment about what you did with God's Son? And that's why today you can get realigned uh, with God Almighty through the uh, sacrifice that His Son made on the cross of Calvary, realignment. You say, well, Harold, how does a person get saved? Well, perceive the truth that Christ died for you. Believe the truth that He shed His blood for you. But third, receive the truth. And Jesus is the truth. And receive him as Savior. I wonder, I wonder if you would just bow your heart right there in your car right now. Just bow your head before the Lord. And maybe you're here and you've not made preparation for the inevitable. Maybe you're here and you've never, never come to grips with preparing for eternity. Well, you can do that here this morning. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer this morning that's going to go something like this. Now just listen to this first. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I confess I've broken your law. But Lord, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe he shed his blood for me. And right now, I'm receiving Christ as my sacrifice, my substitute, and as my Savior. Now, if you're here and you're unprepared for eternity, would you pray that in your heart to the Lord? You can pray it out loud in your car if you like right now. Just say this. If you know you're not saved, but you want to be, <coughs> then call out to the Lord and pray, pray something like this in your heart. Dear God, I confess I'm a sinner. I know I've done wrong and broken your laws. 
But I believe that Jesus died in my place. And right now, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin, to be my Savior. I'm receiving you as my Lord right now. Thank you for receiving me because I've received your Son as my Savior in Jesus' name. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, why don't you flash your light or blow your horn right now? Just uh, have a have a little uh, sign right there that you did something in terms of turning to Jesus. Pastor Mike Wells would be thrilled. I would be thrilled. Others would be thrilled to uh, rejoice with you about that. Now, you know, there's not only an application for the unprepared, the unsaved. Boy, there's an application uh, this morning for those of us who know the Lord. Can I plead with you this morning? Do everything in your power to encourage as many people as you can, to help as many people as you can, to help people find their way, to help them find their way back, to, to do everything in your power to be a blessing to other people because one day we're going to unpack what we've done down here and want to be a blessing if we could unpack, uh, unpack, uh, the good things that God enabled us and empowered us and, and, and gave us the ability to do to minister uh, to him and to minister to other people. So I encourage you this morning to purpose in your heart, to purpose in your heart to be a seed sower, uh, to be a giver, to be an investor, to be an exhorter, to be an encourager. Man, if you know somebody that's down, call them up and... Uh, I don't know if I can encourage you to break the law and go visit them or not, but uh, I think everything's going to be all right. But just do what you can do where you are with what you got to be a blessing. Hey, hey, listen, I'll give you one more thing. Did you know you can bless, you bless your family at a time like this? My wife and I went fishing. We stopped at a little country store down where I grew up in Southside. And um, there was a 15-year-old boy in there. He was so kind, so nice. Uh, we went back at 12 o'clock and... Um, he was gone, and I, he, there was an old man, older man behind the counter. I said, was that your son? He said, it's your what? I said, well, he was just the most courteous young man. And uh, I said, where is he? Is he fishing? And uh, he said, no. He said, he, he's, uh, he's having church. My father is having church for our family. Hmm. Now, here's a country store, a beer joint, all right? <laughs> and the, the beer joint's father owner's father was having church for his family. Can I tell you something? If a beer joint guy, if his father can have church for their family, Baptist people ought to be able to have church with their family. Can I get a witness on that right there? So this afternoon, my, my family and I, the other night, we just came over and pulled out the guitar. We began to sing songs. I had my two to do my son share a little scriptural challenge. We just uh, sang and praise the Lord and have a good time. Hey, I don't know if you have church tonight or not, but if you don't, uh, why don't you have church in your house tonight? Uh, if you do have church here tonight, great. And why don't you have church uh, tomorrow night or Wednesday night or wherever, sometime uh, with your own family. I'm telling you, we're laying up, amen. We can invest, we can encourage, we can be a blessing. And brother, I want to tell you something. Uh, you're going to be the happiest person on the planet when you're ministering to others instead of sitting around having a pity party for yours. How many, how many reject self-pity? Say amen on that point right there. Just reject self-pity. And if you've got a case of ingrown eyeballs... 
uh, feeling sorry for yourself, uh, get up off the couch uh, and, and go and call somebody, visit somebody, pray for somebody, minister to somebody, have family church, be a blessing, do something. And brother, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, all of this is going to wrap up one of these days. And brother, I'm just telling you, we can really do some benefit for the kingdom of God at a time like this. So I want to commend Pastor for having services here. I want to commend you for coming today. What a blessing to be with you. Appreciate you so much. And, and I just encourage you to plow on, press on, and keep on uh, giving out some cups of cold water in Jesus' name because your reward is going to be certain. All right, well, thanks so much for this opportunity. Uh, Pastor, you come, and however you want to close up, it'll be just fine. We appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you. Now, before you leave, go here, brother. It's kind of like, it's kind of like preaching with the horns. It's kind of like preaching across the seas, and you got to wait for the interpreter to go. <laughs> wait for the horns to finish. Brother, before you go, i got a gift for you. He came all the way down here, and we just want to, we want you to be safe most handy little thing you ever have or if you got a big head use the last holes if you got a little head use the beginning it's a mask now here it doubles with i'll give miss debbie one too i don't think it'll protect you from anything to be honest with you but if times stay like they are brother you're ready for the bank <laughs> you're ready to go into the bank and get that but uh, amen. Let's give Brother Harold, uh, if, you're, if you were blessed by that message, challenged by that message, let's give him a good amen this morning. Amen. And I got something else that uh, I thought was handy. They brought this clip up a little bit ago. Miss Joyce did. And I don't know if that's a hair clip, a potato chip clip, or whatever, but uh, I'm going to sell this to the highest bidder that, who's whose hair has grown the longest and you need some kind of, you, you need to help your mullet out. You can have that and then the highest bidder will raise money for the church. And I, uh, thank you for the wonderful message. Listen, how many of you, just be real honest with me this morning, have some area in your life, if you already know Christ is your Savior and you didn't need to be realigned that way, but have somebody in your life where God, the Holy Spirit of God revealed to you today, I need some realignment. How many of you just be honest and you don't need to honk your horns necessarily, but but just, just be honest there in your car with yourself and with your own heart. There's some areas in my life I need some realignment. Can I tell you the wonderful thing about Christ is all you got to do is come back. First <laughs> John 1, 9 still says that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can I remind you that was written to Christians. That was written about realignment. Let's get realigned. Thank you, Brother Harold. Thank you, Larry and friends and, and everybody for singing. Just enjoyed the, uh, the, the message by song. Enjoyed the message by preaching today. And let me throw out, we are having church tonight. Amen. It's already in the can. I've already recorded it. Uh, creation days, day number four and five. We're going to make two days tonight. If you haven't been tuning in on Sunday night and on Tuesday nights, our midweek service, I'm, I'm doing a verse-by-verse uh, -verse Bible study through creation. It's getting a little deeper than you normally get because, hey, we got time to do it. And and, uh, and I encourage you to, I encourage you, if you haven't tuned in yet, tune in. Because here's why. This is very important. How many of you believe we can trust our Bibles? We've gotten to a place in society where even as Christians, oh, we believe the Bible over here on the right side. We believe that Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. But, you know, I, I believe in evolution. They don't, you can't believe both, friends. 
You need to find out what's the Bible. So quit taking your views and posting it on the Bible. Let's go to the Bible and get our views from it. That's called exegesis. And I encourage you to get in this. You can trust your Bible. And that's what this study is all about. And he created us in six literal days. Thank God for that. And the, the truth of creation. By the way, you want to know how I know? There was only one person there and he told us how he did it. It wasn't Darwin. It was God. And we have it in his word. So join us on that study. Thank you again for being here. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, what, what a privilege. What a thankful. What a wonderful service we had today. Thank you for the wonderful singing. Lord, thank you for... Uh, uh, the time the musicians put in in preparation for this. And, and Lord, I, I pray that you bless each one of them. Lay, lay up some rewards in heaven for them for their time today, Lord. And thank you for Brother Harold Vaughn, Lord, his friendship. Thank you for the ministry of Christ Life Ministries. And Lord, uh, how how each time I go to one of those prayer advances, Lord, how it, how it helps me in tremendous ways. And I, I just couldn't even put a price tag on the way those events have helped my life. And Lord, and, and it's usually right at the right time, Lord. Of course, all your things are on the right time, right when I need that pump. And I, I encourage everyone here today, Lord, if, they, if they've never been to a prayer advance, I encourage you, Lord, just to, uh, that they would just decide to sign up and, and go next year and just make it a banner year for my brother. I know this year things got shut down in many cases. But, Lord, I pray for his ministry. Thank you for it. And I pray that you'd bless bless it abundantly. As we dismiss now, I pray that you give us, Lord, power and unction and boldness to tell a lost and dying world that there is a Savior who loved them, who died for them, was buried, and rose again, who will save them if they call upon his name. Thank you for Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.